Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. I'm wondering right now, how many frustrated people are watching me? Your memories harken back to parents you could never totally please. Most every one of us knows someone that is driven to success to the nth degree because they are haunted by the ghost of unrealistic expectations that one or both of their parents placed on them. There are others who live in perpetual sadness because a parent never showed them affection and the attention that they deserved. Well, on this program, we're going to tackle perhaps the most difficult job in the world and the most difficult role in the family, that of being a parent. And if you are a parent, you can relate to this. And if you are not a parent, but one day will be, you had better remember this message. You see, there's a great tension that always exists for a parent and their desires for their children. The tension is this, that on one hand, we don't want to expect too much for our children, but on the other hand, we also don't want to expect too little. I don't know of anything more frustrating for a child or more difficult to watch or more painful to experience than an overbearing parent who demands from their children what they could never achieve for themselves. Now, what is just as bad, and maybe even worse, is the parent that demands from their children what they did achieve for themselves, even though the passions, the giftedness, and the interest of the child may be totally different from their own. Well, let's face it. Our children do not always meet our expectations, and parents, well, we don't always meet the expectations of our children. No doubt about it, parenting can be very discouraging. All of us as parents are somewhat like the man who drove onto that used car lot and approached the salesman with this question. He said, sir, are you the salesman who sold me this car? The salesman looked him over pretty carefully and said, yes, I believe I am. Well, the owner of the used car said, I wonder if you would mind just telling me how great this car is again, because sometimes I get so discouraged. You see, it's tough being a parent. We need to be encouraged. Well, I've got good news for all of us, all of us that are parents. God, the perfect parent, has a plan for parents that will maximize our effectiveness in being a parent and maximize the well-being of our children. God only has one expectation for parents. And if you meet this expectation, you will automatically have the right expectation for your children. And you can become not just their parents, but their best friend. Every parent is going to be primarily either a positive influence on their child or a negative influence on their child. And this is exactly what, what Paul says, and he puts it this way in Colossians chapter 3, down at verse 21. Look at what it says. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. To put that negative in a positive fashion, God intends for parents 
to be the most positive influence in the lives of their children. Now, in order to do that, you simply need to give your children three things. Number one, give your children love. Paul says in verse 21 that we must be careful in how we raise our children and how we relate to our children for this reason. He says, so that they will not lose heart. There are two things that children crave, well, from the time they're born, and if they do not get them, then they will, in fact, lose heart. One is love, and the other is acceptance. Have you noticed how children will accept other children only if they meet certain criteria? If a child is good-looking, athletic, and smart, well, then they are generally accepted by the other children. Parents, well, we need to give our children unconditional love and total and complete acceptance. Parents, think about this. God chose your kids for you. He put them in our family. He chose them. We didn't. He chose them. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Look at what it says. Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, then God will be glorified. Your love, your acceptance of your children must never be performance-based. See, we are to love our children the same way God loves us. And the Bible says that God's love for us is the same as a father's love for his children. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Here's what it says. See what kind of love the Father has given to us and that we should be called God's children. And that is what we are. Because the world didn't recognize him, it doesn't recognize us. Now, there are two ways that we are to bestow love on our children. We're to say it, and we're to show it. Now, one of the ways you show your children that you love them is literally through physical affection, hugs and pats on the back. And, you know, many of you are watching think, well, I didn't grow up that way. Like, I didn't grow up in a family that showed a lot of affection like that. Well, it's time for you to start your own family culture because there is no substitute for hugging a child. There's no substitute for a warm, loving touch. There's no substitute for that kiss that tells your child, I love you, I accept you, I'm proud of you. You also show your children love through attention. Do you know one of the greatest ways you can show your child that you love them and that you accept them is by simply listening to them when they talk. Give them your full, undivided attention, making sure you're always there when they really need you. Showing up for their ball games, their hockey games, their concerts, their performances. A hundred years ago, 54% of a parent's waking hours were spent with his or her children. Today, that figure is 18%. Another study revealed that the average middle-aged father spends less, now listen, than 37 seconds per day with his small children. I mean, is it any wonder when our children run into difficulties 
that they're hesitant to turn to their parents? USA Today ran a poll and it indicated that when teens are under stress or in a crisis, they turn first to music, second to their friends, third to television, mom is in 31st place, and dad came in 48th. Dr. James Dobson cites some 10,000 studies that concluded that kids do their best when they're raised by loving, affectionate, attentive, committed parents. They are less likely to be on drugs, less likely to be, you know, retained in a grade, less likely to drop out of school, less likely to commit suicide, less likely to be in poverty, less likely to become juvenile delinquents, and for girls, less likely to become teenage mothers. They are healthier both emotionally and physically than those that are not blessed with loving, caring parents. Now, too many parents give their children things, but don't give them love. They give them cars and clothes and cash, but they don't give them attention, affection, and affirmation. Whatever else you give your children, give them love. Point number two, give your children limits. See, there's a flip side to this coin of parenting. On one side is love, but on the other side is discipline. Now, I realize that one of the most difficult and distasteful things a parent has to give their child is discipline. The Bible makes it very plain that one of the jobs that God gives a parent is this, to set limits for their children and then correct those children when they deliberately transcend those limits. It's almost appalling, nauseating to go to a grocery store or a restaurant or a, a mall, you know, and watch the way some parents just allow their children to run completely wild. Now, in case that sounds very strong to you, let me share with you what God says about it in Hebrews chapter 12 and in verse 6. The Lord disciplines those who he loves. You see, it is a proof of a parent's love when they lovingly discipline their children. Proverbs chapter 13 and in verse 24, there we read, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him early. Now, worse than that, you are contributing to their own self-destruction. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Here's what it says. Discipline your son while there is hope. Now, I want you to understand the difference between discipline and punishment. God never punishes us as his children. He disciplines us. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took all the punishment for all our sins. But God still disciplines us when we disobey. You say, well, what's the difference? Well, punishment is intended to inflict penalty. Discipline is intended to promote growth. Punishment makes someone bitter. Discipline makes someone better. 
one of the unexpected legacies of this affluent society we live in are parents who could not learn to say no. You know, from the fancy cell phones to iPads to expensive cars, kids simply seem to get anything they want. And the problem is that they always want more. Now, many psychologists, educators, and, and hopefully parents realize that it's time to start teaching our children something about hard work and delayed gratification. Children who have been given too much stuff and not enough limits, not enough loving discipline, grow up to have difficulty coping with life's disappointments. And because of that, we now have a lot of people who have a distorted sense of entitlement that affects even their success in the workplace. There are two ways of embittering your children and causing them to lose heart. You can embitter them by giving them so much freedom and so few limits that they get the feeling you couldn't care less about what happens to them or, or you can embitter them by being too strict, by not giving them the freedom to develop. So there needs to be a balance. Yes, you can set limits, too strict and standards that are too high. Well, you see, those are a problem. The Living Bible translates Colossians 3.21 this way. It says, fathers, don't scold your children so much that they become discouraged and quit trying. You see, we want to give our children the freedom to soar like eagles but not to fly wild like a plane without a pilot. So the best way to do this is to give our children the freedom to succeed or to fail in whatever they're engaged in, provided it's constructive activity, but never give them the freedom to engage in destructive activity. And this is why the third point is so crucial. Number three, give your children leadership. We are to lead our children to be the adults that God wants them to be. We are to do this in a way that encourages them rather than discourages them. Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, let me warn you of something if you are a parent. You are teaching all the time. If you have children in your home right now, then your home is bugged. You are teaching, you are training, you are leading 24 hours a day. You're never off the record with your children. And I mean never. That's why it is so important that we exercise positive leadership in our family. The way you lead your children is just as important as where you lead your children to. Proverbs chapter 16, in verse 21, we read, The wise are known for their understanding, and instruction is appreciated if it's well presented. Let me give you an, uh, an illustration of just how true that is. There was this company, they had this end of the year banquet and they wanted to give an award to their two top sales 
persons, but they wanted to do it in kind of a different way because they wanted to prove a point. So they sent them out of this room and they rearranged all of the tables and the chairs like in a maze. So they bring the first salesperson back into the room and they've blindfolded them and they would guide them through the maze this way. Every time that salesperson made a wrong turn, someone would slap him on the back. But every time he made a right turn, no one would do anything. Well, it took that salesperson seven and one half minutes to go through that maze. Now, and when he finally got to the end, they took off his blindfold, and to say the least, his attitude was not very positive. Well, then they brought the second salesperson in. But this time, instead of slapping them on the back when they took a wrong turn, they would take a spoon and tap their glass every time he made a right turn. Well, that salesperson made it through the maze in only 90 seconds. And his attitude was great. So you see, we can teach our children in one of two ways. We can teach them by being negative all the time, screaming all the time, fussing all the time, nagging all the time, or we can teach them by trying to be positive, looking for the good, not the bad, looking for the right, not the wrong, looking always for the ways you could build them up and not tear them down. In every situation you face with your kids, this is the number one question you should be asking. It's the key question. What is the spiritually encouraging thing to do? The most powerful and practical way to accomplish that is to lead your children spiritually by giving them the Word of God and getting them into the Word of God. There is not a greater thing that a parent can do than, than to do this for their children. Help them meet that single one expectation that God has for them, which is to encourage our children to uncover what God's will is for their lives and to fulfill that will to God's glory. You know, parents, as you know, you've got to earn the right to lead your children. And real parental leadership can only be exercised in the context of the loving relationship. Now, let me give you a couple of ways you can be your child's number one cheerleader rather than their number one cheerleader. Spend at least one to two hours uninterrupted with each one of your children doing something that they enjoy doing. You know, surprise your children with a trip to the movies, to the aquarium, or to a park. Have a family night where each child gets to choose the activity for that evening with the family. Ask your child to share with you three things that would make you a better parent in their eyes. Lay your hands on each child, bless them, pray for them, tell them you love them unconditionally and that you are proud of them simply because of who they are. You know, the late former president of the United States, George H.W. Bush, 
had a resume to be admired. He was a hero in World War II, shot down as a pilot defending his country. He was elected to the U.S. Congress. He was a United States ambassador to the United Nations. He was director of the CIA. He was the vice president of the United States. And he was the president of the United States. One time he was interviewed and he was asked this question. What was the proudest moment of your career? And the former president said, he said, this may sound like a cliche, but I'll put it this way. The proudest thing in my life is that my children will still come home. My children will still come home. You be the parent God can help you be and your children will still come home. Let us pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for parents. Thank you for our children. Thank you for your love and the guidance that you make available to each one of us as we lead out in our homes, loving our children, guiding them on the paths of righteousness. Father, I pray that you be with each and every parent right now, those that are crying out to you for wisdom, for patience, that you will attend to their pleas. Bless each and every one, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. On each and every program, we like to make available a resource to you just to help you, you know, on this spiritual journey that we are all on. And, you know, in today's program, I talked about the importance of leading our children to God's word and so that they live it out in their lives. And here's a very nice little resource we'd like to offer you today. It's a little book called Bible Answers. You know, it's in a format where there's a question and then a biblical answer. We'd love to send this to you and encourage you to sit with your children and go over this and, and begin to just focus them on the Word of God. Well, how do you receive this? Well, we're going to give you information in just a moment, but I want you to know that this little booklet will arrive at your home postage paid. It's free of charge, and there's no obligation whatsoever on your part. All you have to do is request it. If you'd like to do that, pay close attention to the information we're about to give you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3, and we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. 
operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, in the final moments that we have together, let me uh, just remind you of a few things and ways that you can stay connected with the ministry in between broadcasts. The easiest way is to visit our website. It's l4ltv.com. And the website is configured in a way to try to give you access to information. And um, so we have a page there where we have archived sermons. And those are messages that I have given in different locations around the country. You'll notice that for each one, there's a video presentation and then there's a handout that you can use as a sort of a study guide. And we try to address in that section some, you know, some of the topics that I get asked about all the time, like, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? What happens to us when we die? You know, what does the Bible say is 666? You know, what? And so we go very biblically focused on these topics and you can see those under the archived sermons tab. There's a tab that is live appearances. So you'll see where I'm appearing live. It may be online, it may be in person and all of the information will be there. So should you be interested in, you know, in checking out where I might be appearing. There's also a tab that is a donate today tab and, and that's pretty self-explanatory. You see this, this ministry is funded through the generosity of viewers like yourselves and, and friends and family. We are a charitable organization, so every dollar that you donate, you will receive a tax receipt for income tax purposes. Now, you know, I, I just want to make something perfectly clear that I don't take any money personally from that. My, my, my family doesn't. All of the money that is donated to the ministry goes back to pay for the airtime, you know, the studio time that we're here, the gifts we mail out, right? The postage on those gifts. Not one penny comes to me as a salary or any type of benefit. It is all reinvested into the ministry. So I wanted you to be aware of that. And so if you feel the Holy Spirit is, is uh, impacting you right now to make a donation, you can do that online. You can do it by credit card. You can do it by interact, uh, interact debit. So check that out, l4ltv.com. Also, our social media. You can like our Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter. In a few minutes from now, this program, there'll be an audio version of it available on our SoundCloud page. You can check all of those out. And then you can follow me on Instagram every morning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I put out a one-minute devotional video, and if you'd like to get access to that, just follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill on Instagram, and you can get access to those uh, devotional videos and other information that I put out there. One last thing before we go, we have another aspect of our ministry, which is our overseas humanitarian work. MissionNowCanada.com is the website. Check that out. Find out when we're going on the next mission trip. Maybe you'll want to join us. Maybe if you can't join us, you can make a donation towards the humanitarian services that we provide through Mission Now Canada. We are rapidly running out of time. I am so grateful 
that you took the time to be with us today. We truly appreciate it. Why not do this again next time? We hope you'll be here. Till then, God bless you. We'll see you back here.